Welcome to Solutions from the Huddle, powered by Collaborative Solutions Group. We're discussing meaningful business and life topics to add motivation to your life and value to your efforts. Our show is hosted by certified professional CSG coaches who are often hired for private coaching, corporate training, and speaking engagements. Now, enjoy the show. This is Solutions from the Huddle, and I am your host, uh, Titus Bartolotta. Man, I am excited. The weather is good. The guest is better. Like, we have an amazing person on the show today. Um, I can't wait to get right into it, but I always like to just kind of make sure I say thank you to the folks that keep tuning in. It, it's always mind-boggling that like every populated place in the world that has access to internet, for some crazy reason, I see that you people are listening to the show. Like it's hilarious on the stats. I've never been to these places, but they keep clicking and they keep listening. And, and it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with us getting really smart people to come on and tell their story and share their journey. And, and today we have another amazing person for you. If you've never listened to the show before, and, and maybe you just came across it or someone told you that you ought to give it a try, you are in for a surprising treat. Before we get into our guest, we show we start every show in prayer. We'll do that this time as well. Uh, feel free to join us. Lord, we, we ask you to bless the show, our guest, our, our sponsors, just everything a part of this show. We want you to bless it. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Amen. Um, friends, I'm telling you today, I, I read the bio. I always get excited. Some people send me like nine pages worth of bios. They ignore the thing that says, give me four to eight sentences. Um, the guy today, I can tell is a great leader because he's a great follower. He gave me exactly what I asked for. And check this out. Jason uh, Flagel is, is pretty exceptional. He's the founder and chief growth officer for the growth consulting company called Catalyst Brand Group. He's the host of the Marketing Masters podcast. He's a content marketing manager for a Silicon Valley marketing agency. Listen, he's well accomplished and has worked with brands like the John Maxwell Company, Ziegler Incorporated, Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank, and a whole lot more. Today, our guest, my new friend is Jason. Jason, how are you, friend? (laughs) Titus, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just blessed to have this opportunity, blessed to be here with uh, your listeners too. I love it, man. I am excited because marketing and branding uh, is like one of my favorite things to talk about. And you're an expert at this. Um, But before I start poking you with all the questions on how we can get really good at this, because that's what they want. Like the listeners just want to write down all the strategy. I want to know though, the journey, like how did you go from from the eight-year-old kid, from the 20-something-year-old person? How did you get to the point where you've now learned, grown, developed, and, and are the CEO and and in charge and leading uh, your own successful brand. Tell me the story of Jason. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, as you can imagine, and it's like most of the guests you've had, Titus, it's all over the place. You know, all of our journeys are a little bit different, but it's, it's always full of the, uh, the ups and downs, those pitfalls that we go through. And then we just, as any kind of challenge happens, you know, you learn how to overcome it or kind of like move around, work around those barriers. So yeah, I grew up a um, family of 10. I have nine other siblings. So very Whoa. large, <laughs> large family. Um, yeah, there's six girls, four boys. So I was right in the middle. I was actually the first boy, but Grew up in a small farm town community, uh, St. Mary's, Ohio. So, you know, 12,000 people. Um, but my dad was a dentist, mom, uh, homeschooled all of us. So oh my I had... Um, Can we just have a moment of silence, recognition, <laughs> and prayer for your mother? Ten I tell people all the time, she, you know, is a saint. I mean, I now being a parent myself, you know, with multiple children, it's like, I don't know, you know, <laughs> how you did it. Yes. So much more respect. But um, yeah, I grew up, you know, had amazing parents. My my dad is a dentist. Um, so I actually start, grew up working in his dental office. I would, uh, you know, clean the office. So like just learning how to talk with people in a situation where everyone hated seeing you <laughs> was, yeah. Yeah. was like a huge learning experience for me. Um, I ended up starting to do dental assisting and everything. Um, I did competitive swimming as well. So I, I used to oh, swim wow. with like Michael Phelps, Ryan Lochte, you know, some pretty big name swimmers. So we did YMCA USA swimming. Um, so all of this was kind of happening. I, I knew I wanted to do science. Actually, I, I was planning on becoming a physician. So 
long story short, you know, went to college and I've always had an entrepreneurial uh, desire to, you know, create my own kind of things to make money, to serve people. So even as a young uh, young adult, um, when I was working at my dad's dental office, I would go to other dental offices in the area and be like, hey, you guys have some old dental equipment. Can I sell it and flip it for you on eBay and I'll give you a cut of it? So I was always doing you know, things like that. Um, again, I didn't have really any kind of experience for the digital space other than like eBay. Uh, and then Amazon was still up and coming at that point. But I knew I wanted to do more of that. And I thought I could do that as a physician or even a dentist. So I went to college for biology pre-med. Um, I, I got involved in um, doing all the application for dental school and medical school. I was accepted early uh, into medical school, but as a freshman, and this is probably the most important uh, piece of my journey, growing up, I learned that you know, I saw my parents, if they wanted to do something, they went and talked to someone to learn from them on how to do it. And then growing up again, as as a homeschool, uh, homeschooled kid, my parents would always take us to like, if we were learning about law, or learning about medicine, or learning about something, we would actually go and visit, or do, you know, like a field trip and get to experience that. And so this idea of mentorship, and like learning from other experts, was like ingrained in me early on. And I always read biographies, autobiographies of quote unquote successful people. And I saw a few different tendencies, like all of them sought after doing apprenticeships and sought after mentors. So in college, I actually befriended the person uh, bringing in guest speakers to the university. Mm, <laughs> and, smart. And I said, I want to be that liaison to take them to the you know, different classes, to, to and from the airport, I, because I want to learn from them. Mm. So one of them, uh, the speakers, was Kelly Monroe Kohlberg. She's a New York Times bestselling author from um, the, she created the Veritas Forum, which is an international like uh, college campus forum. Uh, that presents two different sides of topics, one from a biblical kind of Christianity point of view, and one from an atheistic uh, standpoint, and they would debate different topics. So Mm. she became really well known worldwide around that building that platform. And then she created, uh, she authored the book, Finding God at Harvard, Finding God Beyond Harvard. So long story short, I would do those opportunities. I got to know Kelly um, and then I, she actually gave me my first kind of consulting role. <laughs> so she had a number of different organizations that she was kind of trying to get off the ground and she wanted to give me a shot at doing research. And so it turned into like helping them do some digital strategy, digital presentations. And I fell in love with that. I fell in love with working with an organization leadership that was like, hey, we're here, we want to get there, but we don't know what to do, or we need to create this thing or create this messaging, but we don't know how. And I I just loved it so much. So I said goodbye to medicine and (laughs) dental school. And I I jumped, I took a leap of faith, um, like all of us do as entrepreneurs. And, you know, I kind of just taught myself computer programming. I did uh, halfway through an MBA program, found out that, you know, the professors never really owned their own businesses or organizations. And I'm like, I need to go again, same kind of um, point of my story is I got to go get real world experience. I got to go learn from people doing what I want to do or what I feel called to do. So I taught myself computer programming and started working at digital agencies. Um, I learned how to do support engineering. I was doing Ruby on Rails, JavaScript, computer programming. Um, I worked at Abercrombie and Fitch as at, at their home office as an e-com web developer. That was the whole part of the time where they did the rebranding launch. Um, so yeah. after that, I was only there a short time. And if you're familiar with anything in the fashion industry, I was at the time when Abercrombie and Fitch tanked. So being there for a short amount of time, they're like, sorry, but you know, we're going to let you go. So uh, thankfully, just again, being a natural networker and relationship builder, I wanted to connect with people in my network. So I became the digital director of a company called Story Builders, where as tight as you mentioned, I started working with people like John Maxwell. So I, I managed a lot of the professional management blog for the Maxwell company, Uh, Maxwell leadership team. Uh, We worked with Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank. Uh, So I was one of the co-creators of the Secrets of Closing a Sale Masterclass. Uh, So we worked with like Russell Brunson, Ty Lopez, Onyx and Gall, all of these big names 
you know, as affiliates and everyone just kind of even just starting out on the, the digital space. So uh, long story short, though, I moved on from there, became the, uh, the director of sales for another agency in Columbus, Ohio. And then after transitioning from there, I connected with Motava out in the, the Bay Area. So I do a lot of the content marketing for the clients, around 30 different clients that we have. So I manage all the, the writers. We have 20 plus different writers, the developers, the designers. So anything kind of content related, that's, my, that's in my wheelhouse. Just again, having a background in, in content yeah. creation with balance of authentic story-driven content and the technical SEO-driven content to get the content to rank. Uh, and then I do a lot of growth consulting with Catalyst Brand Group. So we focus on three main things, the brand identity, making sure that the brand is unique. Two is your platform development. So how does that brand influence the, the platform, the website, your mobile app, the content that you're promoting? And then three is growth. Once you've got that platform, how are you driving traffic there? How are you getting conversions? So that's really the kind of world that we play in with Catalyst. And then I actually have a new company, uh, a fight performance company called Wreckage Sports. So we work with Mayweather promotions. We work with a lot of high level athletes, fighters, where we do sports supplements, uh, training, certification, online courses. And we have a B2B component working with gyms and dojos to do the wholesale of those products and then also digital growth for them. So yeah, wow. pretty, pretty busy. And uh, yeah. father of two kids, you know, awesome wife. Uh, and then our third one's on the way in January. So that's wow. a quick rundown on my Yeah. <laughs> well, here, you know, I mean, thanks so much for sharing that, uh, Jason. And, and, and here's what, you know, I mean, there's so many takeaways and, and ways to unpack that, but here's like the first thing that, that, that comes to my mind, like everyone listening right now has probably found some way to make a lazy comment in the last seven to 10 days. Like I can't, I, I'm too busy. I've got too much going on. And the truth is you probably have like half as much going on as what Jason just said. Right. <laughs> and so I always love to think about somebody that's got more going on than me because it just kind of rebalances and, and, and freshens the perspective. That's a lot, brother. That is a ton that you've got going on there. Tell me a little bit about what that spark was like, because I was listening in the story and clearly there was a moment where it seems like your passion kind of redirected your focus, right? It completely shook you out of your chair into the correct chair that you should be sitting in. <laughs> and sometimes that happens to people and maybe they miss that spark, you know, mm -hmm. uh, okay. you didn't miss it clearly. Tell us about that moment, right? How did you notice it? How did you recognize it? How did you realize that this was your gift and maybe not just your hobby? Yeah, absolutely. Great, great question. Um, and that's something I, I find myself having a lot of conversations about, um, especially at this kind of point in my life. And, you know, a lot of people would look at my position now and, and are saying, wow, you know, he's made it. But to me, it's like, I'm just getting started. <laughs> so, you know, it's like you mentioned, Titus, it's, it's, a, it's a matter of perspective. You know, I've had the opportunity to work with amazing people. And, you know, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants. And I'm, I'm only able to accomplish a lot of what I do now because I surround myself with an amazing team, you know, experts who are better at different things than myself. And that's really the collective nature of what we do. We can only accomplish it. You know, it's not just me doing doing the work. So it's a big point uh, to to remember. There is surround yourself with amazing, authentic, trustworthy people who also do really good work. They can walk the talk, so to speak. But yeah, to answer your question, the you know the spark is it was evident in all of kind of these different transitionary periods, like. You know, I, at Abercrombie and Fitch, you know, I had the opportunity in enterprise to continue the development there and become a computer programmer. But I am not, I'm a true entrepreneur. I, I will not be in a large company. And I, I found in so many situations where I was a part of the team and I brought recommendations on how we could improve productivity, how we could improve efficiency. And I just was met with roadblock and roadblock and roadblock. Nothing against the managers there or the team I was on, but they were oftentimes had their hands tied behind their back too. So I'm like anything, like why would I be doing this all the time when I can go out and just do things on my own and build my own team and kind of reduce the friction and reduce those barriers. So, yeah. and, and you can kind of tell even as I'm talking now, like if you would have seen me 
in that environment, I was very depressed. Uh, you could tell I was under a lot of stress because my personality, I get, I, I, I need potential. I need like, mm. I need to be looking towards the future of where are we at right now? What do we have to work with? And how can we use all these pieces of low hanging fruit? You know, what we have available to us to get to that next stage. So, uh, I mean, a lot of it now is I live for that moment when I work with these founders or I work with these managers, leadership uh, at different companies, and you can see the same kind of thing in their eyes. They're downcast, they're depressed. But as soon as you start connecting their dots with this is where they're at with their challenge, here's the, the, the destination that they want to get to. Well, let's fill in the dots. And then the spark comes back in their eyes and they're like, yeah. oh, I get it now. And you yeah. can see like they become energy. So that's the moment I live for every time I work with a client or you know a company, a, a business owner, uh, leaders of nonprofits, because we all go through those times where you know we're we're really energetic, we're, we're we can con conquer the world, and then we get met with obstacles. And sure. it's a time of you know reflection, of going back through motivation. It's you know Zig Ziglar uh, said it best. It's like you know motivation is a lot like taking a, a shower. You got to do it daily. daily. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, it's true. Same kind of thing. It's, you know, you've got to have, you got to surround yourself with, that's why I believe in mentorship and having a business coach. Uh, you know, Titus, I know you do coaching. I have a business coach myself because yeah. if we just focus on trying to do the work and not take time for ourselves and have like a sounding board, you know, help us think through some of these decisions, we are going to lose out. And I think yeah. one of the biggest secrets I've ever learned from working with, you know, multiple billionaires, really successful financially people, people who haven't had nothing, but they're amazing leaders of nonprofits, they all surround themselves with a mentor, um, a, a peer group that they're in a yeah. similar situation of wanting to. So, you know, I'm in a part of a few different masterminds where we all want to strive for growth. So things like that is, you know, you're, you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with. So it's like, yeah. what are those personal things you want to do? Surround yourself with a few other people who are like-minded. And then again, your team, it's like, like for me now in the position I'm in, I, I shouldn't be doing like some computer programming tasks or things like that, where my best use of my time is in building relationships with people in the higher level strategy, what I'm really, really gifted at. And that, I yeah. have the same expectation for my team. You know, I don't want them jumping to do sales if they're doing like, you know, computer programming and they really enjoy it. It's, you know, what's that fulfillment? What are they really good at? And what's, what's something that they can do that I can't really do? So, yeah, I love that. And it's so obvious uh, that you're well coached because, you know, you, you can hear it in the way that you communicate and the way that you present yourself. This is the common denominator in so many successful people. They just understand that of myself, I'm nothing. Right. right. I mean, they, the, the smartest, brightest people I've ever met are so focused on communicating to the world about how like he did this, she did that, they did this. And like, I was just a part of this, like, you know, and, and the, the, it's, it's humbling, it's endearing, but it's transparent and, uh, and it's beautiful. I, you, you said something though, that, that was kind of interesting. You talked about, you know, how people get inspired um, and, and then it kind of, it can, it can go away. Like it can, it can, you can get demotivated kind of quickly. Um, and, and when you said that, I thought about, man, you know, a lot of times when I'm on stage talking to folks in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, how long is this going to last for them? Like they're all jazzed up right now. They think the jokes are funny. They're motivated. They love the story, but like it almost doesn't make it home sometimes, right? Like in traffic on the way home from the conference, somebody cuts them off. Then they get angry, irritated, road rage. And like, it's gone. I think it's because, you know, inspiration, maybe if we don't put enough into the bucket, it doesn't weigh enough. And and maybe that's why desperation seems to last longer. You know, a mama barrel, she gets real strong all of a sudden if somebody tries to hurt oh, yeah. her baby, right? Desperation lasts longer than inspiration. And I wonder what you do to fill up your inspiration bucket so that it, it can compete with the desperation bucket and, and try to last as long and, and therefore be effective in your world. How do you do that? Yeah, absolutely. It's a terrific question. And, you know, I... I try to practice it daily because, um, you know, again, I've, you know, we talked about a few of these amazing leaders I've had the opportunity to work with. And 
like creating content for John Maxwell, you know, I had, I had access to a lot of their library of content. So I, of course, read through multiple books and, you know, read through a lot of John's communications and things like that to be able to create it, like the Ziegler Corporation working. So, you know, I, I've kind of tailored a lot of their best pieces for, for myself. And I found, you know, and I come from a faith background. I'm an evangelical Christian. So, you know, my faith is very important to me on how I how I mentally, you know, live out my life and how I serve people. So like for me, I have to do daily kind of commitment every single day. You know, I wake up, I take some time for prayer. I do some of my devotions. I read scripture and then I will uh, you look at my journal. I write down my three main tasks that I have to get done. Um, if it's, uh, so if it's the same day, I'll review the three that I did before, but, uh, just for the sake of this illustration, you know, I'll write down my three big rocks. Uh, if you're familiar, like with traction, which I've got the books <laughs> sitting behind me on my bookshelf here. Um, but you know, that idea of what are those, those three things that you want to accomplish for the day Yeah, you've got it too, Titus. <laughs> uh, great minds think alike. But so what are those three rocks you want to get done? Um, live out the day. And for me, after I do my kind of goal, I look at review my goals, I'll turn on a motivation talk. So I, one of my favorite YouTube channels is Lion of Judah. Um, so I'll turn that on. And again, it's a faith-based uh, kind of media entertainment channel on, on YouTube, but it's full of motivational content for like Christian own business owners, uh, I, uh, motive, uh, motive, motify or motiversity is another one. Um, I, I'll listen to some entrepreneurs who, you know, went through challenges and struggles. And I, I find by doing that, you know, it, it allows me to be mo more vulnerable. Like, you know, Titus, when you read my bio, it's like, oh, that's so great. But it's focusing on the successes. You know, it's not talking about like, how many thousands and thousands of hours I've lost trying to do something or create businesses that have totally failed. So, you know, being vulnerable is important there. So I'll do the motivation and then get into hitting the day. So Dan Pink um, has an amazing book. I, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. You might know it, Titus, but like the power of timing. And in it, he talks about every person has three kind of stages of their day. You have the uh, analytical period, so if you're more of a morning person, which I am, um, you'll have an analytical kind of deep thinking uh, part of your day. And that lasts for a few hours. And then you go into um, the trough period. And that's where you do most of like your meetings <laughs> with people or phone calls because you can't do a lot of the deep thought, con uh, concentrated work. And then the next one is the recovery period. So you usually do some like review of the day, kind of brainstorming ideas. Like, I mean, my usual time uh, of this day, I try of the day on that time, I try to take my kids out for a walk or something. So I'm like thinking through conversations and meetings or work that I've done through the day. And like getting out of that kind of situation of work, you can usually get refreshed and come to new kind of ideas and conclusions. So, and then if you're a night owl, it reverses. So same kind of thing there is like, that's how I try to stay focused every day and stay motivated. Now, of course, there's down days where sometimes I'm not even able to get to doing that stuff. And then the whole day is just like, like you can feel it when you, when you don't have that system that you've programmed your body to do, um, it, everything feels off. So I make sure the next day I try, try to get back to it. So, you know, we're human beings, so we're kind of limited to what we have and we, we respond to what happens to us in life, but it's got to be a dedicated effort. Uh, you know, the Olympics is going on right now at the time of this recording. So, like looking at the athletes coming from an athletic background too, whenever I would win my sw swim races, I didn't just wake up that day and go and do the race. I had months and months and years of preparation to get to that point. Now, if I missed one day of, or, uh, you know, a few days of training because I was sick, it, it's okay because I was still doing that long-term dedicated effort. And over time, it's like, just like writing a book. You know, you don't write a hundred thousand words overnight. You know, it's a dedicated effort. I do, you know, a thousand words here. I do 500 words here. And over time, you know, it just is that collective kind of nature. It's the, the power of, um, Oh, what's it? Uh, Warren Buffett talked about it, um, but it's like it's the the idea of financial investing, um, uh, co 
compounding interest. So yeah, compounding interest is the same for anything, not just in your finances. It's what are you doing where you're putting your effort in to have some kind of ROI back, um, even if it's just a handful. That's why, again, three rocks, try to get those done and you're making progress. Um, just think about it. Most people don't even do that on a daily basis. So you're ahead of like 90 to 99% of people already. So we're talking with Jason Flagel right here on Solutions from the Huddle. He's the CEO of Catalyst Brand Group. Uh, Jason, I love what you're talking about, man. I really do. I think startups, entrepreneurs, young, fresh leaders uh, need to hear what it is that you're talking about. But I also know that sometimes we get stuck and like folks that have already arrived think they have nowhere to go, which is always interesting to me. And and, and I think that they need to hear what you're saying as well. Uh, but I want to I pause for just a moment and allow you to tell us a little bit more about Catalyst Brand Group and, and some of the services that you guys are doing there. Uh, these folks need to hear about that because they've already got two notepads worth of strategy from you already. You, were, you already gave out some of the good free stuff. Um, tell us a little bit about your, your business and how, and how folks are doing business with you. What's the ideal client look like? Who's the person that's listening right now that says, you know what, we need to quit doing this on our own and we need to just stay in our lane and do what we're passionate about. And we need, we need to outsource some of the really key important things in our company that are not our strengths to an organization that knows how to do it. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, Catalyst is, and you know, as the name suggests, um, it's we, we add ourselves to the mix of a current team of a company and we can have a greater reaction than if we weren't a part of it. So the idea is synergy. Um, and again, that's why every single company, they have three main parts of their business. It's the overall brand. So that's like the ethos of that company. Um, and it's, you know, nonprofit is the same way. It's what's that feeling that you leave people with or that value you deliver to people when they have an interaction with you platform you know is that a mobile app is that a website is that the uh, so your email list your website your mobile app it's the place where you have an extension of that brand it's the hub so to speak so it's a reflection of you it's a reflection of your team and it's a reflection of that information that product or your service that you deliver to people so a lot of digital businesses you know amazon they've got their amazon.com that's their platform but when we think of Amazon, we envision parts of the different pieces of the brand. Uh, same kind of thing there. So, and then from there is growth. How do you get people to the platform to convert? So a lot of what I've uh, developed with Catalyst, we have the Catalyst growth formula. So it's actually the, uh, a compilation of those three main areas. So every brand, every company I've ever worked with, you know, every company has challenges. But the common challenges fall within most of those uh, three aspects of a company. So like a lot of the companies we're working with now, they, they've started, they had a great brand, they had an amazing product or service, and they had a great innovation stage where they grew pretty quickly. Uh, they were able to get a good amount of customer acquisition, but then they plateaued. Every company through the stages of growth goes through this period of innovation, plateauing, and when they plateau, they have to do the same kind of startup process that they did early on. And it's usually in different kind of situations. You know, you're dealing with uh, potentially different team members that need to be swapped out, uh, potentially different forms of marketing and digital marketing that need to be swapped out, you know, maybe a new platform. You know, you might have started out like on Wix or, <laughs> you know, something like that with a simple website builder. But now you're like, oh, we, we've got to, you know, scale up the tech here that it's more efficient. We're going to save more money in the long run, things like that. Um, and so a lot of the companies I work with, they're at a situation where the founders or the leadership are teachable and they want to do something. They just don't know how to do it. So, and it's usually where, you know, we start to come into the conversation where they might've seen, you know, listen to a podcast episode that I've done, or some of the other team members have done. Uh, they might've found us online through some of the content we're producing, uh, or it's referral. Um, a lot of the business with Catalyst specifically, we don't do really much marketing at all. <laughs> we have a lot of work coming in just because we deliver so much value to the clients and companies we're working with that they're like, you, you guys have been awesome. We want to have you, you know, I want to introduce you to so-and-so, you know, to work with. So it's this idea of what is the success pieces of the brand 
the platform and the growth that need to be brought together. And then again, I've, I surround myself with an amazing team. I've got a worldwide team. I've got a lot of people in the States. I've got some people in the Philippines, uh, Hawaii, um, you know, in Europe. So all kind of budget levels as well. Uh, but primarily the, the ideal kind of client that we've, we've uh, narrowed down to um, is like anyone doing around 500,000 a year to 5 million a year, and they want to scale up from there. We do work with some enterprise level clients. We work with startups, but it, you know, it's, it depends on that kind of engagement. Uh, and we always try to do self-funded projects as much as we can. And what I mean by that is we get in there, we do a quick analysis of what's the low-hanging fruit opportunities. So I have a very detailed process on competitive analysis, on you know, SEO keyword research, uh, if it's more of the digital kind of marketing component that we're going after. And we've identified those handful of low-hanging fruit opportunities that's going to generate at least 2x to 3x the amount of revenue they're currently doing. And then we dedicate a percentage of that to phase two of the growth. So we do a lot of um, software development, mobile app development, uh, content marketing is a big one for us, and then just brand development. Uh, and then usually from there, I work with other partners to do you know, the paid advertising, to do social media advertising. Again, it kind of depends on the particular situation of the company, but it's that idea of we are the catalyst that can help you get to that next level. Even if it's not our team, we're going to refer you or connect you with the right solution that's going to get you from here to there in the best way possible. I want to ask uh, right on the other side of our break here, I want to ask some questions about how important content is, um, how we devalue the writers of the movies we like watching. <laughs> and um, and I want to get your input on that real, real quick. We always want to take just a quick moment and say thank you uh, to the folks that partner with us, that sponsor the program, that allow us to keep bringing solutions from the huddle to you. Um, and so if you go to team-csg.com, you can click on the solutions from the huddle tab and you can see some of the brands that stand with us and maybe you might be want to be one of those brands, but, but we encourage you to consider clicking the logos, getting to know more about those brands, because the truth of the matter is, is if you know Collaborative Solutions Group, if you know me, you know, I don't like to stand next to something unless it's worth standing next to. And I'm proud to stand next to these organizations. So go to team-csg.com and take a look at our partners. Uh, Jason Flagel, uh, CEO, mastermind, creator, and founder of Catalyst Brand Group. He's our guest on Solutions from the Huddle. And, and I want to ask you this question because it sounds like you guys can help folks uh, either create a website, develop their website, automate their website, mobile apps, a lot of IT techie glitchy things, uh, not glitchy, but, but you know, uh, just, just IT stuff, stuff that we all need, right? Um, but here's the thing, and I think the world has finally come around to, I know I need someone like you. Like most people don't argue, I don't need a website. I can't remember the last time somebody said that. And I can't even remember the last time somebody was like, I can do it myself. Like most people have now adopted, okay, I'm not great at this. I got to work with successful people. Here's the thing though, that I still see that people fight with. Correct me if I'm wrong, but, but teach us something here, Jason. I still see people that are like, I can create the content all by myself. I know how to spend the content. I know how to lay it out because it's in my head. It's my heart. It's my thoughts. It's me, 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 me. Mm -hmm. And I just think if that was the case, then why isn't the director of the movie also the guy doing the screenplay? Why, why is the guy on the TV show that is acting out the sitcom? Why, why is he or she not like also writing all of the content? And why is Jay Leno? Why does Jay Leno and Jimmy Fallon, why do they have writers if content is just do it yourself? So can you help me understand one, why do people still struggle with the fact that we need people to help us with content creation? And maybe most importantly, once it's created, how does it get unpacked in a way that our audience can, can connect and resonate? Um, am I crazy? Am I right? Can you help us with that? Yeah. I, I, so, I mean, it comes down to, cause every, every founder of a company is a visionary um, and to what extent, you know, varies depending on who they are and their background and everything. Um, you know, I was listening to a podcast the other day on uh, Jeff Bezos and uh, Bill Gates and a few of these other quote unquote, you know, very wealthy, successful people. Now, um, when people ask them, like, how did you do it? They're like, oh, I'm just very lucky. Well, if you're very, there's a lot of people who start and try companies and some of them have been lucky. 
Um, but there's definitely, you can't be a serial entrepreneur by luck and by accident. So there's obviously different things that come into play on like how you can do that. And I think having an authentic story and leaning into who you are and leveraging that with the, again, the low hanging fruit pieces that you have in your life right now will give you leverage. So, you know, you can make the argument that like Bill Gates was born into a wealthy family and that's why he was successful. Uh, you know, you look at Donald Trump and, he, you know, he got a small loan <laughs> of a million dollars, but he turned that money into, he flipped it. So it's this idea of what do you have access to and what can you do with it? So every person I truly believe has a story to tell. So a lot of the companies that I work with when we do content marketing for them, they're like, you know, I'm just a, I'm just, I own an HVAC company. Nothing is interesting about me. And I'm like, so you're, you're telling yourself, you're discounting yourself immediately. And I'm like, just tell me your story a little. And that's why I love podcasts. And I think you do too, Titus. It's this format of sharing a, a story. You know, you look at the most effective uh, pieces of information or things that have changed the world over time. It has been done through storytelling. So yeah. content today, content, effective content marketing is done through a storytelling format. Um, you know, I use uh, the acronym PASTOR. Uh, it's the um, problem amplify. Um, I can't remember all of it off the top of my head of what it stands for, but it's this idea of you go through this process for every piece of content. And it, at the end of the day, it's a simple hero's journey. All of us have watched movies. Uh, we've seen, you know, we watch entertainment, the most effective forms of content that are entertaining and cause us and like get us to take action are this process of a hero's journey. We're met with a person, the protagonist, they are faced with a challenge, they meet a guide that leads them along the way to help them overcome those challenges. There's this big kind of war or challenge, you know, that happens where uh, a climax kind of thing. And then there's a, a sneak peek or a direction on where they're gonna go for the future. And it usually sets it up, you know, if it's a, a movie script, sets it up for potentially a sequel, or, you know, it brings it to some kind of close. So it's that idea of with every company, what is your hero's journey? Who is that hero as the guide that you're going to serve? So I, I truly believe that, you know, content done right is the most effective way a, a brand can grow. Um, you know, some companies, they try to do uh, content way too early when without like optimizing their product or their service or their information the right way. And yeah, you can have terrific content and get people in. I mean, the, uh, what was it? The Fire Festival was a good example. You had a lot of influencers promoting it. You had a lot of the marketing done right. But when people got to the event, it was a disaster. So having a seamless kind of connection with, again, walking the talk is very, very important. Um, so whenever I work with companies, uh, again, it's authenticity. So I, when I talk about leadership, and a lot of it's from John Maxwell and other people I've worked with, the, the four main pieces of every strong leader uh, and leadership of companies are authenticity, trust, integrity, and vulnerability. If you lead through those, you're going to have so much of a leg up against your competition. And again, effective content marketing, you're not trying to be other people. You're just trying to be yourself. Amazon won out because they weren't trying to be Barnes & Noble. Apple won out because... What ended up happening, Steve Jobs and the team, they created an amazing revolutionary company. They were the forerunners. What happened? He left. They started looking to the competition and trying to compete with them. Anyone doing a competition is always going to lose out. Uh, Peter Thiel's book, From Zero to One, talks a lot about that. When you focus on the other, the competitor, you're, you're losing sight of your, uh, the person that you're trying to serve, that customer, you know, that client. So uh, it, seamless content really focuses on who you are, who your team is, and who you're trying to serve and connects all the dots together. I don't know oh, if yeah. that answered your question. That, yeah, <laughs> no, that, that absolutely, well, that absolutely answered it. And, and I think that, I think the, the only part of the question that, that still I have, frustration around is is why we find such a hard time um bringing people like you into the equation why especially because you brought up the example of the hvac guy saying yeah. i'm not that interesting so you would think that because of that he's more 
eager to reach out to someone like you, but, but I, I don't know if it's the entrepreneur who just goes, I got to do everything myself. I, I just, it's, it's, it's mine. I don't know if it's arrogance, ego, pride, a combination. I'm not sure. I do love what you just said about the, the vantage or the, the viewpoint relative to competition. I would imagine uh, you, you might be a fan of Simon Sinek uh, yeah. and, 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 and some of the things he's done, the, the one of the recent books he's did, and, and the title is kind of eluding me, uh, but it talks very much so about how it's kind of impossible for you to like beat the other HVAC companies because like you're not playing by the same rules. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's not like all the HVAC companies got together and was like, all right here's what's going to happen. See, like, like some gangsters in some back room that like, <laughs> that like chopped up New York city and said, these are my blocks and those are your blocks. See, like that's not what's happening. And so when you're focused on your vision and you work with professionals to make sure that the content's right, speaks to your audience and, and brings your authenticity to, to life. Uh, that's what winning looks like. Not because you sold two more widgets than the guy that's not even charging the same price, playing by the same rules, offering it to the same demo. And, and, and I think that's such a brilliant point you brought up where like our focus needs to be so in line with our vision, not what the other guy's doing. Yeah. And I, to your point there, Titus, with you know, the founder there of like potentially not being open to it, it it's a situation where you know, they're their biggest roadblock then. Um, you know, some of the most successful leaders are the ones who are willing to give other people the platform to help them, to assist yeah. them, to serve them. Um, so being vulnerable and being teachable are some of it. And it's funny because we have the reverse idea of, you know, our gut reaction is, no, we've got to be super strong all the time. And that's not the case. You know, the most effective stories are being through being vulnerable. Most effective things that have been accomplished are through being vulnerable. Um, And usually when I work with a client or a visionary or founder, um, I try to connect them. I can, I try to connect with them where they're at. So a lot of people have things that have happened in their life, negative situations that have formed those kind of viewpoints, uh, their worldview. So I've got to connect with them where they're at, understand where they're coming from. And then I've got to slowly, kind of like a, you're dropping breadcrumbs, leading them towards the potential of what they can become. And then literally, I give them a framework of what can be done to accomplish and get them there. And then they're like, whoa you just gave me what I need to do. Can, like, can you do that? Or do you know someone who can help me do it? And I'm like, yeah, we do that all the time. So it's, everyone is kind of guarded today, uh, just with a lot of the media and, and, and tech in general, digital kind of uh, attention grabbing things. Because all of our, all these digital companies are vying for our attention. So if you're authentic, if you're noteworthy, if you're vulnerable, that cuts through the noise. So, you know, you've got to find a way to be open to people in that way, connect with them where they're at, show them the, them the potential of where they can go, and then kind of connect the dots from there. But yeah, and then at that point, connect, like, don't focus on the competition, focus on who the, that people, so it's like, as, a, as an effective, um, uh, so uh, Oracle, um, what's the founder of Oracle? I can't think of his name. Um, <laughs> he, so he's a huge fan of Japanese culture. Uh, Ellison, Larry Ellison. Um, and he like loves samurai swords. Well, one of the com- their competitors of Oracle like uh, insulted um, uh, Larry Ellison and they were like, they had this huge feud. They ended up spending millions of dollars taking out billboards along the highway and uh, part of the, the California, the Bay Area that they were in. They, it, all this wasted money. And at the end of the day, both of them started to lose sight of who they were trying to serve. Do you think they, that was serving the customers that they're trying to serve by taking out millions of dollars on built? So it's like, don't lose sight of who you are, where you came from, and who you're trying to serve. Because we can kind of lose, again, it comes back to the personal responsibility, you know, daily, every day. What are you waking up? What are you envisioning? Um, I'm a huge fan of Alexander the Great story and, you know, a lot of the history there. 
you know, he woke up every day envisioning uh, what he wanted to accomplish. And he didn't stay vulnerable and teachable. He thought of himself as a God later in life. So, you know, we all go through those time, uh, those times in our life where we have some kind of quote unquote success, but don't forget where you came from. Don't forget who you're trying to serve. It's a matter of perspective. Brilliant. Um, I like to ask everyone, at least in the course of the interview, at least once, um, give us a lesson you've learned the hard way, right? So this will be our last question. And I'm going to hope that you come back and do the show again and again. But um, as we put a period on this great conversation with, with you, um, I would love to know what is a lesson that you learned the hard way? Sometimes we learn through education, we learn through experience, we learn through insight, we learn through, we did something and it happened to be successful and somehow we built upon it. But then there are times that it, it really hurt, right? Like Muhammad Ali talks about how he, he learned how to beat George Foreman several rounds into getting beat up by George Foreman. Like yep. he thought he knew. And then after he got punched in the mouth a few times, he was like, wait a minute, now, now I know. So tell our audience just at least one great thing that you've learned in your business success and significance, uh, but you learned it with a scrape, with a, <laughs> it left a mark. You know, you know what I'm talking about, Jason? There's a scar oh, yeah. because of it. Oh, yeah. um, I'd love for you. Could you share one of those with us as we close out? Yeah, there's two short ones. First one was, you know, when I was just getting started in uh, the digital space at Abercrombie and Fitch, you know, I, when they let me go, it was like I was caught off guard um, just because I, I was putting in so much energy. I was working, you know, 50 to 60 hour weeks. Um, I was newly married. Um, I wasn't spending time with my wife. So my marriage was kind of, so I was just under a lot of stress. And I, after they let me go, I was very, very angry. Like, how could they do this to me? What, like, how dare they? And, you know, again, I, I, I surround myself with mentors. So I, I reached out to a lot of people to, you know, ask for prayer and kind of direction. And um, it, I realized it came totally from a, a, a position of selfishness. And I had this idea of entitlement, that I was entitled to have a job there because I was working and, you know, doing this, but they're the ones who hired me. And, you know, I can go out and create my own Abercrombie. I can go out and create my own. So this idea of it's not a company or an employer's responsibility to give me what I need. It's my responsibility to give me what I need. And if, it, if, that's, if I have a problem with it, then that's a problem with me, not them. <laughs> so this idea of personal uh, responsibility, I'm like, wow, this is like, I'm, I'm going to take personal responsibility for my decisions, for the, my, my wife, my family, and I'm going to do what I feel is best for myself and the people I'm trying to serve. Um, I did a lot of work for them at that time to improve the team. And I just felt like it wasn't used and utilized. And I'm like, so what? If they don't recognize that, I'm going to go work with someone who does. It, no hard feelings. Same thing in business. It's like, I, I, t I have conversations. I, I probably work with a lot. I have a lot of conversation with people who say no to me, or I say no to them far more than I say yes. Because I can tell if we say yes, it's going to be bad for them. It's going to be bad for me because there's just going to be too many. So things like that, it's to, understanding who you are as a person, the type of uh, direction you want to go for the future is very important. Then real quick, number two, um, you know, I worked with Bill from Story Builders to help scale up the organization. We were doing a lot of work. And, you know, at the end of it, I, I felt like I... I felt like I deserved more than what I was being paid at that time. So, I, you know, I was, we had a big disagreement and ultimately we, we decided to part ways uh, because of that kind of disagreement. And it came down to, again, future direction of where we wanted to go. Bill is one of the best content writers, creators I've ever worked with. Me, I wanted to get more involved in the digital space. I wanted to do more website development, mobile app development, be more involved in the high level kind of content marketing like SEO and, and things like that. So looking back, it was, I mean, I think both of us were like, we felt slapped in the face because we worked so hard together. I mean, again, we worked with Kevin Harrington, John Maxwell, all these you know, amazing leaders, uh, people just starting uh, startups. So all different levels, but, you know, taking responsibility again for myself, and going out there and doing what I feel is best to surround myself with people who, 
you know, are, are like-minded and who are want to get to the same destination is important. Um, when I do some coaching today with uh, clients or, you know, other people who just want to work with me, um, they're, I, I, I tell them, life is too short to surround yourself with people who just drain you. Just get out of the situation. Surround yourself with people who are. It's like, you know, the, Facebook's a great example. Uh, someone was telling me, they're like, I can't stand it when people say things that I don't like on Facebook. I'm like, then get off Facebook yeah. <laughs> or block them. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's you know, like, don't, don't put energy into something, you know, that you, is draining you. Yeah. What, what great advice, Jason. I am so grateful that you made some time for, for our show, for our audience. Um, give everyone real quick, just what's the best website? Where, where do you, where do you want to point people who want more and, and, and don't want this to be a period, but a comma in the sentence of the conversation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Titus, thank you again for having me on the show. It's been a blast. I definitely would love to come back in the future, have another awesome. conversation too. Maybe, you know, if your guests are interested, if they have like a challenge or something that they're facing and would like, uh, you know, our input on it, I'd love to do kind of a deep dive topic or something there. But yeah. Um, so for Motava, uh, if you're interested in like SEO agency kind of help, so really getting your rep website to rank, we're one of the best SEO agencies actually in the world. So very amazing. I've learned so much working with the amazing team that we've got, but that's Motava, M-O-T-V as in Victor, A.com. So Motava.com. Catalyst um, is catalystbrandgroup.com. So you can learn a little bit more about um, me, myself. We have a lot of free resources on the website too. Again, all you have to do is put in your email address and we auto deliver. Um, like I have some of my best content marketing resources on the site. So if you're interested in, in getting those for your business, I give those away for free. Um, and then Wreckage Sports, um, you know, we're looking for gym owners, athletes, influencers, uh, dojo owners uh, who want to be a part of getting this company off the ground. So we give commission. We have a whole affiliate program, actually, where you know we reward people for promoting the products, uh, plant-based organic supplements that we have. So uh, I'm a very big believer in excellence and not doing anything you know less than. So Wreckage is all about bringing the best of the best resources in the sport game, the fight game, uh, and, and delivering that to people. So yeah, wreckagesports.com is that website to check it out and learn a little bit more. Love it. Friends, make sure that you connect with, engage with, uh, and get a little more friendly with my new friend, Jason Flagel. Thanks again, Jason. We hope you come back. Thank you, Titus. Hey guys, Titus Bartolotta here with Collaborative Solutions Group. I just wanted to say thank you for listening to this episode of Solutions from the Huddle. If you want to hear more episodes and continue supporting our show, simply search for and subscribe to Solutions from the Huddle on any major podcast platform. Thank you again, and we hope you'll join us soon.